This is More Than Conquerors with your Bible teacher, Pastor Ray Hagistilianos. As a teaching pastor for more than 35 years, Pastor Ray's heart and vision is simply to build up God's army, enabling them to stand strong in their faith. As the senior pastor at Living Word Christian Church in White Plains, New York, Pastor Ray will challenge you today to begin your walk in integrity and victory, forever changing your life as transformed by the power of God. More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. Why does the Bible tell us that without faith it is impossible to please God? Apparently it would seem that God takes our confession and exercise of faith pretty seriously. In this message, The Life-Changing Power of Simple Faith, we'll meet some of the Bible's great faith walkers and clear evidence that they fully understood what God meant by the just shall live by faith. They not only believed God's word, but confessed it, put it into action, and then, by faith, waited patiently for it to come to pass. Understanding that the faith walk was never meant to be a cakewalk, but rather a lifestyle, these mighty men coupled their simple faith with powerful hope, setting their faith in motion and enabling God to do great things in their lives. Here, learn about the five cylinders of faith and the awesomely intimate relationship of faith and hope, so intimate that without hope, faith alone can only be hopeless faith. So Pastor Ray asks, are you a faith walker or merely a faith talker? The only thing that really prevents you from gaining and maintaining the things of God in your life, the promises of God in your life, is most, most often a lack of faith. It's just, you're just not believing God for it. It's the thing that holds you back. This is the way I look at it. If, if you're walking by faith, and when you do learn to walk in faith and not walk by what you see and what you feel and what you hear only, but learning to walk by faith as you learn the word, and we'll talk about my cylinders of faith, but learning the word and acting on it, and this kind of thing, what you're going to see in your life is that your life progressively is going to get better. We should be on the increase. Every year that passes by should be better, not worse. Now, now, occasionally, along the way in life, you will hit a couple of bumps, a couple of potholes. Like, like I, I like this example. Actually, the Holy Spirit gave it to me this morning. It's like flying in a plane. You're flying along, flying along, and then all of a sudden you hit an air pocket and you drop 10,000 feet. Your stomach gets all blue. I mean, like you feel like, whoa, what just happened? But then you don't stay down there. All of a sudden, the pilot gets control and brings you right back up to 40,000 feet, and you, you keep on going. Well, that's how faith is. You ought to be moving along in life and things ought to be getting better. But maybe once in a while you have a little turbulence and you take a drop. You hit an air pocket and you drop 10,000 feet. But that doesn't mean that you're going to crash. Come on. It doesn't mean that you have to come down. It simply means that maybe you just hit a pocket, but you're about to come right back up and you just keep on going and you coast to your destination. That's what the faith walk ought to be producing in our lives. So we understand from the word that faith is a really important subject because if we are to walk, if we are to live by faith, the just shall live by faith, then faith has to be a lifestyle. And, and you know, I use that example, but too many Christians use faith like a spare tire. They only think about using their faith when there's a problem, when, when something happens. But you ought to be using your faith every single day of your life for everything that concerns your life. Every need, want, desire, everything you have to do, you ought to be trusting God in faith. I mean, 
just put your faith into operation, trusting that God will see you through, God will help you, God will open up a way, God will send blessing, God will create favor for you, God will bring the right people across you. No matter what it is that you need, want, and desire, you can have it by faith. But faith is trusting God, not trusting in what the physical senses tell you. Because sometimes the physical senses will tell you, well, you're sick. Well, that may be what your physical senses are telling you. But God's word says that by his stripes I'm healed. Amen. So faith would be lining up with what God says yeah. as opposed to what my body is telling me. Yeah. And I really, I so much want you to catch hold of this. Because if, if I can get you to start walking by faith, oh man, I feel it. I'm getting goosebumps even as I'm talking. If you, if you could just grab hold of this operation of faith and start to walk in this, you will begin to see things in your life change so dramatically You'll begin to see uh, faith results, the results of walking a life of faith. It doesn't always happen overnight. Like I say, sometimes you're going to hit a little turbulence. You're going to hit an air pocket. You're going to, you're going to, it feels like you're descending. But immediately, as you just keep on pushing through, when the plane hits the air pocket, he doesn't say, okay, let's just land and abort this flight. No, he says, let's push through this air pocket till we get back up and we keep on going. Amen. And that's how you have to face and approach life every single day. So we've been talking about faith. So let's go over to the book of Hebrews, chapter 3, and we're going to start in chapter, I'm uh, sorry, in verse, uh, where, am I, where do I want to go? I'm going to start in verse 7. Chapter 3 says, Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion in the day of trial in the wilderness, where your fathers tested me, tried me, and saw my works for 40 years, Therefore, I was angry with that generation and said, they always go astray in their heart and they have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they shall never, they shall not enter my rest. And what, the, what Paul is referring to here is, is uh, uh, pointing back to the children of Israel when they were coming out of the desert. God told them they were in bondage, they were making mud bricks, they were slaves, they were being whipped, they were being starved. And, and God said to Moses, you go to Pharaoh and tell him, let my people go. And this is where I'm taking you. I'm taking you to a land that's flowing with milk and honey. I'm going to bring you to a good place. I'm going to bring you to an abundant place. I'm going to bring you to a blessed place. I'm going to tell you what, that same promise is extended to you and me. God wants to take us to a good place, an abundant place, a blessed place. But he needs our cooperation. He needs our faith to be matched up to his promises that he has already appropriated and given to us. So he gives Moses, you know, the children of Israel had everything. They had the man of God. They had the anointing upon his life. He had the message. He had the word. He had the directions from God. But yet they persisted for 40 years rebelling against what God would say or what God had said. And it says that as a result, they could not enter in. They could not enter into the promise. For 40 years, they just roamed around the desert because they persisted in their rebellion against what God said. That's why I say we, 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 where, when we learn the word of God, we should be quick to do the word of God and not be hard-hearted. Don't get hard-hearted. Don't let your heart get hardened uh, to the voice of God. Listen, obey, because ultimately God will take you to places you could never get to on your own. That's faith, trusting him every step of the way. So he said, um, he says, now in verse 12, he said, beware, brethren, because if we're told to beware, that means that if we don't beware, we could be in trouble. Is everybody with me? Somebody give me an amen. amen. 
He said, Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. So he says, be, Beware, be careful, brethren, that there be in you this, e notice he calls it an evil heart of unbelief. You see, so to have a lack of faith is not pleasing to God. Many of us remember in, in the book of Hebrews, chapter, um, uh, uh, let me see, where I think it's eleven six says, uh, For without faith it is impossible to please God, for anyone who comes to him must know that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So God is looking for faith. God wants us to rise up in our faith, trusting him, because he wants to take us places. He yeah. wants to do things. How many of you agree, agree with me that this subject of faith is really, really important? God will not do anything apart from faith. He won't do it. Your tears, your crying, your, your whining, your moaning, your complaining is not going to get you anywhere. And I can't tell you as a pastor how many times I deal with people that whine, complain, moan, squawk, bellyache, and they think somehow that God is moved by their tears. But God is not moved by that. God is moved by faith when we trust him and we believe him and we dare to believe contrary to what we see and feel in this natural realm. That's what, if you saw it already, if you had it already, how would that ever be faith? That's not faith. Faith is when I don't see it, when it hasn't manifested yet, when it's not here yet in this realm. But I am patiently waiting with expectancy in my heart for it to come upon my life because God said it. He said it in his word. Therefore, it has to show up in my life. And the way I connect to it is through faith. Everybody say faith. That's my connection to the promises of God. How many agree with me? It's important to understand faith and how it works because this is my connection. This is, this is how I'm going to see the things of God work and happen in my life. And apart from it, I can't please God because he said without it, you can't please him. God's not paying attention to that. He's looking for someone who said, God, I believe your word. God, you said... God, I know by, by, by your stripes I'm healed. I know the doctor told me this and told me that. But you said, I believe you. This is what you said. Thank God for the doctors. Thank God for medical science. Thank, first of all, everything they have was in the mind of God from the beginning of time anyway. That, that's why they're ever learning. Because more of the knowledge of God is being given to the medical profession, to the, med to the doctors. We don't despise them. We embrace them. We thank God for them. But we don't trust what they know only. We're trusting my healing. Ultimately, whether it comes through the doctor or it comes through a pill or it comes through a treatment or ultimately my faith is telling me, I don't care what you use, but according to the word of God, I declare by his stripes I'm healed. If I need medicine to do it, praise God, God's still my healer. That's what faith is that's the walk of faith. Now I want you to go over to um, verse sixteen. Let's let's read from sixteen. For who, having heard, rebelled? Indeed, was it not who came out? All who came out of Egypt, led by Moses. Now with him whom was he angry forty years? Who was God angry with? Was it not with those who sinned? Those would be the children of Israel who resisted 
who did not believe, who would not use their faith. He said, whose corpses fell in the wilderness. And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey? So we see they could not enter in because of unbelief. They could not enter in because of unbelief. How many of you agree with me? What he's saying is they could not get in to the promises, the promised land, or, you know, let's put it into today's understanding for, for those of us that are living in this day, getting into or, or receiving the benefits of the promises of God from the word of God. They could not enter in because of unbelief. The lack of faith is what kept them from their connection to the promised land or the ability to enter into that promised land. How many of you agree with me that faith is a really, really important subject? Now, you may say, well, look, you know, look, you know, well, I, I had faith to get saved because you do use your faith to get saved. And that's fine. I'm saved. I'm, I'm, I'm forgiven of my sins and I'm going to heaven to be with the Lord forever. Well, that's great. But what are you going to do from the time that you receive Jesus and are saved to the time that you die to go home and be with the Lord? What are you going to do those 60, 70, whatever, 80 years of your life while you're waiting for Jesus, you know, to meet Jesus in heaven, how are you going to live this life? You, faith was meant for more than just the forgiveness of our sins, was meant for more than just, you know, receiving Christ into our heart that someday we're going to be with him in heaven and, you know, live in, live in glory for, the, for eternity, right? This faith was meant for much more than that. This faith was meant to operate in this natural realm to help us through every stage and situation and place in life, to get our needs met. Listen, while I'm in this life for, for 60, 70, 80, 90, whatever, whatever amount of years is, I need clothes to wear. I need a house to live in. I need food to stuff my face every day. Come on, are you with me? I need a car to get from place to place. How, how, am I, how unfair it would be of God to just provide one thing through, through faith and leave you wandering around trying to figure the rest out for yourself. No, faith can be applied and should be applied to every area, every situation, every uh, thing in life. You can believe God for whatever it is that you need, want, and desire. That's the operation of faith, like we looked at last week. If faith, if the operation of faith can provide for you salvation, what is it for the operation of faith to provide a car or healing or wisdom? Or, or some other thing that you may need, uh, uh, if, 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 it's, if it's powerful enough and strong enough and mighty enough to produce in your life salvation, why can't it produce all the other natural things? That, of course it can. And that's why God has given us this opportunity to use and to express faith. So it seems to me that developing my faith is of major importance. And, and there. so we learn here, he says, they could not enter in, verse 19, because of their unbelief. Now let's go to chapter 4 and verse 1. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. So they heard the gospel. The gospel means the good news. They heard the word. But notice what it says. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. 
So it is possible for people to sit in a church week in and week out and hear the word of God, but never profit from it. Or it never produce anything in their lives. Why? Because in order for the word to produce, in order for you to profit from the word that's being preached every single week, the word that you hear week in and week out, you have to mix that word with faith. Everybody say faith. You see, so so it's not good enough to just come and listen. There's a lot of people that know the word, but is it producing in your life? So that brings us back to the operation of faith. How does faith operate? Since it's so important, in order for uh, this word to work, I have to mix it with faith. So it would seem to me that learning about faith and how it operates and how it works is of great importance. So we use the example of the cylinders in a car. You have six cylinders, some you have four, some you have six. I understand they make a 12-cylinder engine. I am still believing God for one of those to show up in my life because that's a really fast car and I would like that. But anyway, for right now, I have a six-cylinder engine in my car. And as we said, all cylinders have to fire. You can't have only four cylinders of a six-cylinder engine firing because the car just doesn't work right. All six cylinders have to fire simultaneously at the same time. That's the way it was created. That's the way the car works. So is it like faith? I've got five cylinders. We'll just call it the five cylinders of faith. And I believe this identifies very, very accurately what we need to see in operation in our lives to determine and to be sure that our faith is working the way it should be working. So we started last week, and we, or two weeks ago, and we talked about the first three. So the very first cylinder of faith, just for the purpose of review, was knowing. You have to know the Word of God. It all begins by knowing. If you don't know, how can you ever have? Um, I was thinking about it the other, uh, the other week, about two weeks ago, I got a new printer. And when I opened up the box to the printer, there was this big thing in there, you know, like it said, warranty on it. And normally, like most men do, we just take those things and just throw them away. We don't pay attention to instructions or warranty. We just chuck it because, you know. So I just took it and I put it on the side. But I was having a hard time getting the thing working. And then I, I realized, I said, let me go back. Maybe I should go read that thing. Of course, they make the print about this little. I've got to wear double glasses to see it and hold it a mile away. But I go and I get the warranty card. And when I took the time to read the card, I was pretty amazed at the benefits there were as being a brand new purchaser of this brand new printer. One of the benefits was that there's an 800 number that's available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And it's amazing how smart those people are on the other side of the phone. And, and here I am struggling, you know, shaking it. I think, oh, this thing isn't working. I can't get this. I want to kick it. You know, I get to the point where I want to throw it out the window. But I realized after I read the instructions and I took the time to read the, the, the label, the, the material that was included in the package, I found out that help was only a phone call away. One little 800 number away. And it was amazing when I acted on the knowledge that I had just received, finding out that there was an 800 number and saying, gee, maybe I ought to try this. And I dialed the number and I got somebody on the other end. And you know what? In a matter of 10 minutes, they had my printer working like a charm. And it's still working. Well, it's like that with the Word of God. The only reason why many of us struggle is because we just don't know. If you knew, if you had the knowledge, 
then that's the very first start and, and very first step of faith. Because how can you act in faith on something you don't know is available to you? That's right. So we struggle through life trying to, you know, fix ourselves. But what we need to come to understand is that within the pages of this book, in this Bible, is the answer to every question that you would ever have. Is a promise that covers every single need in your life that you would ever have. Every want, every desire is covered by a promise. All you have to do is know that it's there. Once you know it's there, now you begin the very first step of faith. You have knowledge. So the very first cylinder is you got to know. How can you have faith for something you don't know? That's why I say people pray. You know this. People pray often. They pray. They pray a prayer, and then they say, if it be thy will. The only reason why they pray if it be thy will is because they don't know the will of God. And, and how do you have faith <clears throat> for something that you're uncertain is God's will? How can you come from a position of total and unabandoned faith and trust in God if you're not sure if, that, if that's his will? You can only have faith and trust when you know that something is the will of God. So when I found out that prosperity was the reward of the righteous, I said, goodbye, poverty and want and lack and insufficiency. I began my walk into the realms of prosperity. Did it happen overnight? No. But it started with knowing. The minute I found out was the minute I started to put my faith on it. I started to declare, I'm coming out of poverty and I'm walking in, 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 in the blessings of God. Prosperity will be mine. I will increase. I'm on the increase, not on the decrease. Come on, are you with me? Faith can only begin, as one man said many years ago, faith can only begin where the will of God is known. This book, your Bible, is the will of God. So when you find a promise, you got to grab hold of it. And that took us to the second cylinder. When I find the promise, that's when I must realize that that promise is for me. And I need to believe that promise as if it were mine. You see? You have to believe it. You have to receive it and accept it as if it was your own. It was for you. So it's not good just knowing the promise. Now the second cylinder of faith is saying, wow, okay, I, I believe that's for me. I want that. I, I'm going to take that. I'm going to claim that as, as, as a, a promise from God for me. So you got to believe it. You see, he told us right there, we read in, in, in Hebrews just now, he said they couldn't enter in because of unbelief. They just didn't believe it. They didn't believe it. So the second cylinder of faith is you've got to believe. You've got to accept this word as if it's God's letter to you. Don't struggle with it. Don't fight with it. Receive it. Accept it. This is, this is God's word to you. And every word in here, every promise in here is for you. This can be a reality in your life. The only thing you need to do is have complete faith. You can't just know it. You've got to believe it. Most of you heard it last week and forgot it anyway. You can't just hear it. You've got to believe it. And the way you believe it is if you, if, you, if you meditate on it long enough, you just keep reading it, eventually it's going to slip down into your spirit. It's going to become believable. You say, wow, I, I, I believe this. And Joshua, he said, meditate day and night. Meditate in this book of the law day and night, and then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Tune in tomorrow afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray. 
If today's message was a blessing to you, ask for your free CD of the broadcast for a gift of any amount to help support this radio ministry. Just mail your request with your check to More Than Conquerors or MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Be sure to include the date of the message you're requesting. If ordering a complete Bible study series, a minimum love offering of $20 is appreciated. Identify the series and include the word series in your order. If you missed any of the hundreds of inspiring, life-changing Bible study messages of encouragement taught by Pastor Ray on this More Than Conquerors radio station, such as those on salvation, healing, miracles, faith, forgiveness, and many more, podcast downloads of all these programs are yours free of charge by simply going to PastorRayNY.com or WMCA.com and clicking on Podcasts. That's podcasts at either PastorRayNY.com ny.com or wmca.com thank you for listening to and supporting this ministry of god-centered lessons of integrity and victory from the word of god and being ever mindful that as life's challenges come god's word is truth and will always impact our lives in a positive way in making us more than conquerors